So I get this email from Apple for for our podcast, and it says, congratulations, you are number 95 in the country for, you know, what was was performing arts, performing arts category or something. And I forwarded it to Moon. It's like, look at us. And then she takes it to her older son, Jacob, and he goes, yeah, but 95 out of what? Like, how many are in the category? (laughs) (laughs) He kind of burst our bubble a little bit. He's not wrong. (laughs) He's not wrong. like okay well just give us a little something he's like ladies you just started i mean you're building we're like yeah yeah and And your point being no it was just really funny oh my gosh so we've been we've been laughing yeah we also had over 100 plays too a couple weeks ago look at us go 100 plays whoop whoop a few weeks ago i mean i think we're gonna hit 200 soon so Hey, we just started. This is the beginning of things. Only the beginning. Okay, so let's talk about breakdowns. Yes, breaking down a breakdown. Okay, so Lauren, you get a break, you get an audition, the breakdown comes in. What are we looking at? Okay, so for those of you that don't even know what a breakdown is, the breakdown is written by casting, usually the assistant, to be honest. And it's in a very standard format. We can post uh, an example breakdown on our. Instagram. Um, But basically what it is, it's written up by casting. It has very basic production information, including producers, director, um, when it shoots, where it shoots, rate of pay, you know, that sort of basic information, who the casting directors are. And then below that, it will have all the breakdowns, meaning all the characters that they're casting for the project. They'll have them listed below with a brief description of what that character entails is, um, you know, and in addition to that, it'll have the age range, which is also very helpful for agents and managers when submitting. And then it'll say at the very, very end of the character description, what sort of level a character is. If if this was film and TV, it would be guest star, co-star, or series regular. For film, it would be lead or supporting. And that way, the agent manager knows, okay, what kind of caliber of role this is. Now I know the kind of caliber of client I'm going to submit on those roles. So after all of that is said and done, casting gets everyone's you know, submissions, and then the auditions are sent out based on that. When you are getting an audition from your agent or manager, rest assured, it is always going to be because casting has requested you. They have submitted you, casting has requested you, and that is what casting wants to see. And when we say that, we mean they've already seen your picture, they know your type. Yes. As an actor, one of the things that my kids do is they obviously look at the role that they're going to be reading for. But some of the other things that they do, they look at the director, they look at casting, who's casting it. They look, actually, they look at that whole list of everything that Lauren said. They start looking up on IMDb Mm -hmm. and finding out who these people are, what their projects are, be looking at the casting director to find out if they've called you in the room before. Right. Very. Yeah, now, why so is true. this so important? Well, that's important. You know, a lot of times, again, when I was in casting, I would 
fall in love with certain actors and I would, you know, go from project to project and I would remember certain actors from project to project and I would try and find something for them. You know, it doesn't necessarily happen right away. You know, you you fall in love with an actor, you're like, I really want him to book a job on one of my projects. And so I would call them in again and again and again until something finally sticks. And so, you know, if you're an actor and you've seen this casting director calls, you know, it's called you in two or three times in the year, know that that's a good thing. They're trying to find something for you. It means they like you and they're trying to find something that fits. One of the managers told me since COVID, when a casting director is calling you in over and over again, it's like a callback. Because not as many callbacks happen. Sometimes they're booking right from tape now. Mm -hmm. So that's another reason why you want to be tracking. I can tell you that uh, my kiddos have had certain casting directors that are following them. And you kind of know. For sure. For sure. And we had um, one of our kids here that happened to. Yeah. So So let's talk about that. Yeah. So we we had a a client uh, actor. Sweetheart of an actor. Sweetheart (laughs) of an actor. And he was... uh, filming an audition with me here for I think it was Fear the Walking Dead or something. This was a couple years ago. And he gave a great audition. He got called back a bunch of times. Ultimately, it didn't end up going his way. Cut to a couple years later, the same casting director called him in for the project he booked. And the casting director said to him in the room, which I thought was really cool, because again, he was doing his his callback Zoom here at the studio with me. The casting director said, hey, man, you know, I've been following you for the last couple of years since that Fear the Walking Dead audition you did. I've had you in a few times. I'm just a fan. I really like you. And I've just been trying to find something that sticks. This actor was so appreciative and just, I mean, literally glowing because I mean, what a compliment. And he ended up booking that particular project and is working up in Canada. So, you know, but he, he was very appreciative to know that, but it was really neat to hear the casting director tell them that because they then understood now what it means to take every audition, whether you love it or not, or you think you're right or not, knock it out of the park and just do your best work because casting may fall in love with you, maybe not for that project, but for something else. So... Well, it happened to David Schwimmer, right? Isn't that how we got on Friends? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody was following him around, and, and he didn't even want to do Friends, I heard. No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so look how that turned look out. Look at how that turned out. So you out. have the superstar, our famous TV star that it happened to, and now you know somebody local. It, it's still happening. Yeah, oh, for it sure. It definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that also happened to uh, Vincent. That's how we got on Role Models. You know that story too, right? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, that's true. They wrote in a spot for him because they liked him so much. So sometimes you might not get the role you want. If they like you enough, they may write you in for something else. It happens. Crazier things have happened. You now are prepping for your audition. Is there anything else that we need to know, Lauren? So there are some specific kind of vocab, that's what I call it, some vocabulary that not all actors or parents know that I think we need to clarify today. So when you're looking at a project that is for television, there's certain lingo that you need to understand when looking at the breakdown. And one of the things that you need to see is, is it a half hour or a one hour? Um, When you are seeing that something is a half hour, that always means it's comedy, right? Comedy. One hour is always going to be a drama. Okay. Now looking at the 
television even further, we know it's comedy. There are two types of comedic, two types of comedic TV shows that are on the air. There is what's called a single camera comedy and what's called a multi-camera comedy. The single camera comedies, I tell my actors, are a little more rooted in reality, a little more grounded. Those examples would be Modern Family, The Office, Parks and Rec. Generally speaking, no audience there. There's no laugh track. Whereas multi-camera is going to be sort of that elevated, more sitcom-y, higher energy feel. And that's going to be most of the shows on Disney and Nickelodeon. But you look at Friends, Will and Grace, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, all done in front of a live studio audience and you hear the laughing in the background. So um, just so you know, understanding between the two, what kind of tone you need to bring to your audition is very important. And then of course, feature film, you're going to look at the the types of roles for that, which is lead or supporting, which I think is pretty self-explanatory. And we'll do another episode on all the different roles and sure, so people can understand that. Is there anything else that you can think of with a breakdown? So one other thing to be sure to look at is where the production is shooting and to be sure that you have an updated passport. I think that's another huge thing is that actors don't realize not everything shoots here in the US, if you're listening here in the US, you know, a lot of stuff will shoot up in Canada, overseas. And so you really want to make sure that your passport is updated and look at the shoot dates. If you know your passport needs to be renewed and those shoot dates are coming up soon, if you book that, the expectation is that you are able to travel anywhere at any time. So always make sure your passport's updated, everybody. And make sure you are available for those dates. Yes, absolutely. Don't know that you're booked on another job or if you're out of the country for a wedding or what have you, you know, make sure that you're there for those dates. There's nothing more frustrating than an actor getting down to the wire for a role and then finding out casting can't end up booking them anyway, because they're not available for the shoot dates. That is a frustration on everyone's part. Definitely double check those dates. Okay, here's something else I want to just throw out there for the kids that are 18 and over when there is explicit material. What about that, Lauren? You need to know what your comfort levels are and you need to have conversations with your reps. Now, a lot of times this stuff can be negotiated. So don't look at it on a breakdown and let it scare you off and think that, oh my gosh, I'm going to be doing something pretty raunchy that I'm not comfortable with. It says that initially, but remember everything is negotiated. Your rep can absolutely ask questions, put in different stipulations. I mean, those sort of intimate, you know, there's an intimacy coordinator on set at all times as well. So remember, it's pretty, pretty regulated. And so, you know, and you can get down to even how much of a piece of skin you're willing to show in a contract. So don't let it scare you off. You know, definitely put your all into that audition and throw your hat in the ring and then go from there once you book it. I'm a cross that bridge when you get there kind of a gal. I totally agree. And that's what my 18 year old does. (laughs) He's like, I'll deal with it when I actually get the job. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. I think that covers everything, right? For sure. Yeah. Breakdowns, everybody. Okay. Just as a recap for our breakdowns, you get your breakdown. You're going to look at the dates. You're going to look at the role. You're going to look at the payers. You're going to see the due dates. You're going to respond to your agency with any questions. Make sure you're getting your tapes in on time. And you're going to look at everybody that's involved and look those people up to see what other projects they've done. Absolutely. One other thing that I want to bring up about breakdowns too, is when you look at the rate of pay and where it's shooting, if it's a local hire role, which means that an actor needs to 
who travel themselves and put themselves up, meaning a hotel or finding a friend to stay with or whomever, make sure that the rate of pay is going to be worth the expenses of you taking that job. So a lot of times, especially I would say that's pretty common in this local, in the local markets, is that, you know, if if I'm based here in Dallas and the job that I'm booking is in Austin and it's going to take me, you know, four hours to drive there, wear and tear on my car, gas, I have to put myself up in a hotel, which let's say is about $150 a night, depending. And then I've got to pay for my food and my dinner and everything while I'm there. And then I travel back the four hours. So I've had to take off, you know, if I have a day job, I've had to take off, you know, two or three days of work now. Um, And the job only pays $750 for the day. I'm going to go, wait a second, is this... Is this worth my time? Is this going to be worth me? You know, or is the job that great that I think it's going to be worth the investment? And yeah, I may not make any money on this job, but it's going to look great on my resume. It's a great networking opportunity. I'm not passing this up, you know, so you got to really weigh the pros and cons of every job. I also think it depends on where you are as an actor, too. If you don't have any credits, you might want to invest like a business where you're like, okay, I'm not going to make any money on this, but I am going to get some set experience. I might meet some people. I'm going to be networking and I'm going to be learning. So I would say somebody like that would be more willing to take a position compared to somebody who's been working frequently, has been doing this for a while. Um, They may have a little bit more flexibility to turn a few things down, Mm -hmm. depending on what it is. Okay. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Remember, we drop new episodes every Thursday morning and be sure to follow us on Instagram at actor101 underscore. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Till next time. Till next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.